Hello, and welcome to episode 2 of the Twisting Your Melon podcast. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Neil Renton. Neil has had some past experience and success with areas such as music review writing and artist interviews, stand-up comedy, blog writing, and working on a mental health support initiative called The Changing Room. He's a creative guy, and he's the perfect person to bend the ear of due to his experience and creative skills on both subjects of music and mental health. Pre-warning to this episode, there are some sensitive topics in this episode that some might find distressing. And it's important to note that we are not mental health experts, we're just a couple of gadgets chewing the fat. If you think you do need any support around this episode's subjects, please seek the help of a professional and or call Samaritans to speak to someone. You can call them on 116-123 or text SHOUT to 85258. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good buddy, how are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks very much, not bad. I've been like desperate to get you on this um, right for the when I've had the idea of having this podcast because it's even from the That's short time of, <laughs> it, it is a compliment because the short time that like I've known you uh, we've never really met but uh-huh. like, through like whatsapp chats and on on twitter like it's it's so obvious that your knowledge about music and your your knowledge about mental health and what you've done around mental health to help others and with the, uh-huh. the, the changing room um, that you've been involved in, which is a mental health um, community group that's linked to football, correct? That's right, yeah. Nah, so that came about, um, changing room was by started by like Sam H, Movember, SPFL Trust, and they got in contact with Hibs to do something for um, tackling, helping men tackle mental health through football. Mm-hmm. So it's been good to be part of that, first as a participant and um, later on as a volunteer, and it's good. And it is, it's, it's mad, the sort of two, mad, pardon the pun, but it's like two things, like massively into like music and also mental health. I was do, doing like a questionnaire, trying to get a question, and it was like, what are you passionate about? And it was like, that was two of the things I put mm. on it. Mental yeah. health and music, that's, and uh, doing the ironing as well. I'm passionate about that, but I mean, that's probably, <laughs> probably for another podcast. Yeah, pro- pro- probably. Um, I don't <laughs> know if I can link iron into music and mental health. Um, I'm struggling <laughs> with the, the two already, but yeah, no, yeah. it's been it's been really like obvious. Just but like I say, the short time we've known each other, you have like uh-huh. I, I reckon you've got massive insight to this subject and um, could offer a lot to the subject. So I've been really looking forward to getting you on. So thanks for, oh, for coming thank on. you for that. No. Cheers um, for asking me as well. No, no worries. Um, I, in talking about your, your your music background, if we go more into the, the music specific side, mm-hmm. um, am I right in saying that you've done reviews for, for gigs in the past and, and, and written, written gig, gig yeah, reviews? Yeah, totally. So um, recently doing um, stuff for um, a blog called uh, Blinded by the Floodlights, which is good. And also like, I used to do like loads of writing when I was younger. Um, so at one point I was like lucky enough to edit a couple of lifestyle magazines, which was lucky enough to get me to Tina Park. Um, and it was like, I was in the, there's a VIP bit, but then I was in the bit where it was like the journalist and stuff. So you had like a little, your own little tent. And it was weird because within that tent was another little tent and there was like a crate like, or there was a, a fridge constantly stocked up with tenants. So you'd see like proper journalists and like photographers just sitting there with like laptops, trying to get a Wi-Fi connection. I'm typing stuff on my phone and interviewing like Julian Sinclair. I don't know if you remember Julian Sinclair, this Big Brother um, one, um, Big Brother actually, yeah. So Cameron, was it Cameron Stout, the guy's name was, from like up north, one and Julian Sinclair was his half-brother, and I was speaking to him. Who else? Um, Kaiser Chiefs, I was interviewing them. Arctic Monkeys, try to speak to them. Lily Allen, kicking about. Tina Park, wearing a wedding dress. Try to speak to her. The Who were there. I never got to speak to them, but it was good. And it was all thing where it's like, I should really start doing some writing because I'm absolutely getting like hammered now, just now. And then like, ah, it was good. It was good. But nah, and it's the whole thing where like, the experience in that where you go along, like, especially after like COVID and that, there's nothing better, I think, than like a live experience. And since like restrictions have lifted, it's like bands are massively up for it. 
the crowds are up for it. Everybody, the bar staff are happy to see you. The merchandise stalls are like folk are delighted to see you. Everybody's up for it. So it mm-hmm. seems to have like raised another level, I think. And it's really good that I really enjoy that going back. There's nothing better just when like the lights go low and then it's that bit where like they come out like the main actor coming out on stage and it's like whoosh, everybody goes daft and that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And I'm guessing one of the reasons why you you love doing that and, and well when you got into the, the the sort of doing the reviews was uh-huh. because you loved going to see bands live. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's really good like it just sort of like strips it back. And I think nowadays because music's so disposable, like in my day you would like, I remember like queuing up to get the Oasis album, definitely maybe when it came out and it came out, albums at that point came out on Monday, but because it was a Monday holiday, it came out on the Tuesday. I remember queuing up Avalanche, I think it must've been our FOP mm. in Coburg Street, waiting for ages to get it. And it was just like, but as now it's like, I get up at like five in the morning to like download an album on Spotify. So there's like that bit where it's, there's no like, there's no effort in it. You know what I mean? You can just sit there and it's good because it's like at your fingertips, but there's nothing better than making that effort to go and see a band, to mm. go and see an act. And uh, nah, it's amazing. I love it. So based on what you just said there, would you agree that live music is better than recorded music, in your opinion? I suppose they're both like, they've both got massive like positives. And for live music, it's that thing where, and I'm guilty of it, taking videos and photos and stuff, and it's never the same. But it's good to sort of be in the moment. And it's maybe like more so not just the actual, like the gig itself, but the experience, the people you're with, like where it is, like the drink that you're having and stuff like that, that maybe makes it. But there's nothing wrong with like albums and, and mm. songs and that, and it's good. Um, and it's good how like sort of guitar music, for one of a better term, it sort of made a comeback. Do you know what I mean? You've seen like bands and that, they're getting number one albums and stuff, and there seems to be more of a demand for that. And I think it's probably like vinyls driving that as well. It's people... We were making or like maybe people were had more like disposable income like so people in their 30s 40s and that they're getting back into music and spending more on it so um it's had a, a, a probably a knock-on effect but yeah now there's nothing better than going to see a band um and the ones that i've seen since september um last year it's this like constant just everybody gone are the days i think where people or bands would just phone it in i think bands mm. are more appreciative of it yeah Certainly, and um, my experience is so. I been in a band before, uh, uh-huh. quite a few years ago, is that I like hated recording music, but I loved playing music. Yeah, and there was nothing better than being on that stage and nailing a song like a one and done. You, you couldn't go back mm-hmm. and change one part of it. You had to get it right at that time, yep. and you had to put a show in for the people that you were standing in front of. And then mm-hmm. every time you got a response from the crowd, that got you more up for it. And I think Definitely. people, and I think that's where it becomes. So the reason why I asked that question was because I think that there's a, it's not quite an addiction, but people love going to see live music. And I think mm-hmm. people relate to bands that are better live because there is that interaction with the band at the time and that, that kind of adrenaline rush and having that that experience with the artist yeah you have a bit of it's a wee bit more like admiration for the performer so when you're standing you're standing there rather than like you imagine the difference between standing in in a hall with a hundred well maybe 400 people and Mm -hmm. they play a cd and you're standing looking at a blank screen it's, it's not going to be anywhere near the same, even though if, even if you love the song, then having the uh-huh. band in front of you playing the music live. Definitely. And I think Definitely. It, it makes everybody connect to the band, connect to the music and have that sort of euphoric feeling. Yeah. Like. And I think it's like one feeds off the other and that. I remember like, well, went to see Stereophonics towards the end of last year and like, big fan of them. I prefer probably like a lot of the earlier stuff and like, Later on, it became like singles and that that you're aware of. But he did a song, and I can't remember what it was. And they, they must have did like they did a live, so they were doing like just enough education to perform. Mm. Then he did an encore of stuff, and then like it was like four songs finished with Dakota, which is unbelievable. Such a song, but it was like the sort of the, the second or the first encore they did. 
they finished with a song that I think it's called like Mr. and Mrs. Jones, but the drummer was unbelievable. And it, it just like, and you can get a bit like sort of self, or do you know what I mean? Like drummers, you can get that thing where like you sort of go to prog rock and you can get that with like a lot of rock stuff and it's just like over like self-indulgent or overindulgent or like self-overindulgent. But it was just amazing watching him. And even like Kelly Jones was like, he needs to go for like, he's having a panic attack. The boy just absolutely went for it. But as he's going for it, the crowd's going for it. He's going for it again. Do you know what I mean? And it's amazing to watch stuff like that. And even like when I was doing like the, the music reviews, there was a band and nobody like, if, if you're like, for people listening to this, nobody would have ever heard them. They're called Alfonso and they were from Portobello. And the reason I got into them is I went to, I was out for my birthday and we went to um, Q Bar, which is now Newsroom at the mm -hmm. top of like Leaf Walk. Yeah. And then the, the toilets are downstairs and in the basement. So in the toilets, there was a, like a, a different like sort of like hall, like a stage bit or a, like a, a function room type bit. So you're going to the toilet Friday afternoon been out for my birthday just drinking and that and I was like what is that noise so gone for a pee came back um, and I've just walked into like the the uh, like the function room and there was a guy sitting there by himself and it was Alfonso the band and it, they were like a sort of like bluesy rock um, Led Zeppelin-esque band just the four of them standing there so the guy sitting down was a manager um, his name was I think it was Miles maybe and it was a band, just the four of them, absolutely like going through. And it was one of the, their song was called Peace and it was unbelievable. And they just did it. And it was just amazing watching that. Do you know what I mean? And you would have mm. no, noticed that for like when you were like rehearsing and stuff like that, you know, when like there's, there's nothing better. And that was like, there was nobody other than their manager. And I mean, I just, there was an empty seat and it was like something at a film. I just sat there and watched and I was like, this is up there with like bands that I've seen. The moments, Oasis, stuff like mm -hmm. that, just seeing like four guys absolutely destroy it. And I you miss that. And I think it's like, I suppose it's a whole thing nowadays, like take, we take a lot for granted as well. So yep. now that, that was amazing. That, that was amazing. Uh, I got a similar story. When, um, I don't know if you heard the M83. Um, oh, yeah. The Belgian uh -huh. French um, guy. Um, I suppose he's, uh -huh. he's kind of a band, but he's, all, he's like a producer, music producer yeah. by himself, slash artist, slash band. I went to see him years ago after it was just when the, the album Is it Hurry Up We're Dreaming? Um mm -hmm. and Midnight City was on it, which is his most famous one. The da -da 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 -da. Um uh -huh. and I listened to that song loads and I was dead into him and I was like, it was, it was a banger, a tune. And we went to see him live and it was at the What's Now Witherspoons on Lovian Road, which used to be oh, Ocean and house. it was the picture house, yeah. Yeah. Um a shame that that's no longer a music venue, but they, they put a blue it. plaque up the way. Well, but I remember we played that he played that song, and then I and I still remember to this day. And I've been to a lot of gigs, a lot of bands, uh -huh. but I remember this just making me feel amazing uh, and the goosebumps because it uh -huh. came to the bit um, that I just kind of um, well, I say a song, but like half um, hummed there. And the guy, uh -huh. a guy just popped out of nowhere on a saxophone, absolutely ripping out the... Uh -huh. da -na -na -na. Like, and then uh -huh. he just did like a massive sax solo uh, at the end of the song. And it's, again, still to this day, it, it makes me just thinking about it. I can picture it in my head, but I was standing yep. looking at the guy and I just I, I feel quite euphoric uh -huh. thinking about it. So just even just... I think it's performances, live performances are really powerful in general, but when something special happens in a live performance that just totally. elevates it, that's what like you pick that out and that's your euphoria moment. That's the moment uh -huh. that, that made going to that gig worth it. Like it was the mission. Definitely. Nah, that's it. And, I, and it is that thing and it, it doesn't happen a lot though, but I think it's like, been, I don't know, concerts have been releasing recently. It's been good. Like just like, everybody just seems to be raising their game, which is amazing. And it does help you. And, it, it, and you know what it is? And it's like both being Hibs fans and that, you can relate to this. Went to see, I feel like I'm name dropping, but you, I went to see who would it have been? It would have been the Libertines and got the bus on Lovian Road. And that's a good thing about like being in Edinburgh and that and get the bus back home and stuff. Um, and after it, it was just like people at the bus that were buzzing, you get on the bus and folk are like still talking about it and that. And it's no like going to like a football game where you, you come out and you're like, oh man, like we need to like get it to the manager or that, or like, you know, you never come out and say, 
libertines could do with getting a new like drummer or something like that do you know what i mean yeah. like, it's like oh you're always looking for everybody just like buzzing after that and yeah. even seeing the specials which would have been one of the first concerts i went after like the restrictions lifted there's a guy outside with like drums just like i think i don't know if it was definitely that song but it's just like to see like people coming to the concert just everybody dancing and that you never really get that at like football and it's that thing that you know what I mean it unites people people are going there for the the reason to be entertained they're not going you know and they're not coming out like moaning and that saying oh I don't know like the pies are terrible and uh, like I need to get into the manager yeah and I think like just your your link to football there is that I think the 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 moments in football that people seem to be the happiest other than obviously the goals is when Mm -hmm. people are singing they're in song right and definitely yeah again you, you never think about it like people we, we make all these songs for our teams and you, we mm-hmm. use song to communicate to our team that we're, we're, we're supporting them and we're behind them so yeah, mm-hmm. just just a, a small segue into that but it just yeah another thing that just kind of epitomizes how important music and and the sound of music actually is not not the film but the sound of yeah music. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah neil i was gonna because you had you had um, mentioned a story to me a while ago and uh-huh. i just thought it was just like a story that was just showed how powerful one song can be and it was a story that you shared about um one day we were on the bus and you, you heard a, a, a particular song and how it yeah. how changed how you were feeling in that moment do you mind telling that, that yeah story? nah not at all not at all so a few years ago and um it would have been in fact it would have been right at the start of january so at that point i was in the job i didn't enjoy the job the job didn't enjoy me so we were both sort of like collectively at like a loggerhead and you know when you're like you, you've got that mindset you've taken things as far as you can and I was struggling at a job and I was like probably I thought I'm going to get found out and it's the whole like thing what's going to happen get sacked going to have to start looking for something else and it was like January going back after like the sort of Christmas and New year so you're still like sweating the cheese for like Christmas night and the like leftover curry for like Boxing Day and I was just like absolutely mentally struggling at that point, massively, massively, massively. And I thought, I've, I, I've had enough, I've had enough. And I couldn't see anything like, I couldn't see any reason as to keep going. And I was like, no, nah, I'm done, I'm done. And as I was getting to work, I thought, I, I'd had it planned out. And I'm not what I say stuff because like for people listening, you, you don't want it to trigger or like likewise. But I just thought, right, like, I'm done. And I was like, I, I love like indie music and um, I love like Radio X. And I was listening to it and it's it's funny because like when you listen to the, the breakfast show, Chris Miles is on it and he's got the whole like zoo radio thing where it's like him as the presenter, he's got the team around him, he's got that like down to a T. He's really good at that. But he never plays, hardly plays any music, and he's like he'll mention it, like never plays any music. So I was listening to it and I couldn't even tell you what they were talking about or anything. And I was like, it was just like it was it wasn't even going in one ear, it wasn't even getting anywhere. And it was like nav. And for me, I was just thinking, right, I've had enough. That's it, like, done. And I'm just going to do what I need to get done. And then I've got nothing else to worry about. And that'll be me. And um, it was just randomly, it's like, right, the news is on next. And then, um, but I'll, I'll play, like, uh, one song. I'm going to the news. And it was Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. And it just, like, sort of, like, seemed to, like, resonate with me. And, like, I'm no, like, I like Queen. Like, love them and appreciate them. But it's a weird thing where, like, you automatically associate them with Rangers. So you're like, I'm not a Rangers fan. Can I like Queen? Do you know what I mean? It's like, can can I can I like them? But when like for me growing up, like seeing them at, or watching Live Aid on the telly, Freddie Mercury was unbelievable. Yeah. Like so then the song was like, I just thought, do you know what? Instead of doing what I was going to do, let's just go to work and see what happens. And all throughout that day, I just had the song like on a loop constantly. And it was like, don't stop me now. Um I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. And I think it's about, the song's about masturbation, I believe, which is probably like, it, it must be something like dodgy, like with Freddie Mercury and that. But um, I just like, I just kept it. And I thought like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen with today? Like, hopefully I won't kill anybody. Hopefully I won't hurt anybody. And it was an office job as well. So it's not as if I was like, a, I don't know, like a lifeguard or anything. Like the worst would happen is like accident or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the worst thing would be like bumping into somebody like at the at the photocopier and something like that. But um, but I just kept going, just kept going, just kept going. And then I remember getting to the end of the day, and I was like, "That see, like, it never like happened, like nothing happened." And 
the start of my day was like I'd planned the absolute worst thing to happen. It would have been to, to me and for like my family and friends and stuff like that who wouldn't have known what I was going for that time. But I was just like, I just went, now nah, let, let's just keep going. And it was just a constant thing. Just the song was just like buzzing through my head, just kept like playing and playing. And that was it. And then I remember like getting to the end of the day, I was like, nah, I've actually got through this day and it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was. And from then on, it was just a case of keeping going. And that was maybe like one of the, the sort of springboards for when I was at my lowest mentally that sort of helped me like um, like recover, um, basically, yeah. So, and that's always something which, um, a song which I've always like held like close to my heart since then. So when mm. you hear it, it's funny hearing it like in a different situation or that it comes on the radio or stuff where you're watching telly and it's on. It's like, ah, that was a song that stopped me for like killing myself, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah it really is. Some some story is really powerful. Um, I remember uh, when you told me, I was like, thank wow. You. Do, do you think it was the the lyrics or was it the the, the like the up tempo of the song? Because it is quite an up tempo song. It's quite upbeat. It is. Yeah, and like the, a combination. I I think it could have been a combination. Like it could have been the moment, and I was actually thinking this. Imagine if it had been like say. Like um, Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart, or like mm. imagine if it had been like Johnny Cash, with her, would that have had like the different effect on me? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it was um, like Father Ted, and was it the, the comedian Tommy Tierney? I don't know if you've seen Father Ted, but I'm sure mm. he's a character in it, and he's like he's quite down in the dumps, and I'm sure they cheer him up, but then he's like on the bus, and then the, the bus driver's got the radio on, and it's like here's the net, the new song for Radiohead. And it's like talk show host or something like that. And he's just sitting there like, oh, no, it's slumping again. And it is such like a, an upbeat song. An old thing with like mental health and music. I remember like there was like a course, like one of these like online courses um, that I was like doing at one point. And it's like there is a massive impact or a massive effect, positive effect from mental health in music. And it can and, and it can like remind you like hear a song remind you when you were a kid, for instance. Um, or remind you happier times so definitely and I think the, the upbeat and it just the, the whole thing and even when you think about it it's like Freddie Mercury like peak Freddie smiling wearing like mm. like Lycra Adidas fantastic moustache it's just like he was he was up for it do you know what I mean and that's it just sort of like kept me going and I'm glad it did as well yeah it's interesting when you said about like the actual meaning well whether like, I don't know if that's been confirmed that it was about masturbation uh, but uh, regardless of what it was first intended to be about and i think uh, that's the beauty of like lyrics and music is that completely. it's 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 how you as a person interpret it you so like you could share the same song to 10 different people and they would have a different uh, interpretation of what that song meant and i think that's what makes it so powerful is that even if the artist comes along and tells them uh-huh. That this is what it's about and you I don't know if you knew that's what it was about before the, the, nah. the moment or was it after I think it was after I heard a, a story um, I'm sure it was I'm sure it was something maybe dodgy that or sexual because it was like Freddie Mercury and that but I yeah. just I just thought and I was like such a happy and upbeat song and and it and it was like it's such a random thing and, and the whole sort of like build up to it Chris Moyles never plays any songs on the radio hardly ever mm. Like we'll play like a couple an hour or that, but as other DJs, it's like they get paid to play music, so they play music. Whereas he sort of talks, and it was just like at that point, I must have been listening to it in the morning for maybe like half an hour, nothing, nothing, and then that song came on, and it just sort of like snapped, snapped me out of what I was thinking and pulled me away from the edge as well, which is good. But yeah, and, I, and a funny sort of like side story to that. So I was at the Cheltenham Festival recently. And they play like music and stuff like that during the races. Mm. So we've been there for a few days. Friday, I hadn't had a winner and I thought, right, this is it. Friday, I'm going to go for it. Had a winner in the first race. And as soon as I was getting my money and I was going back to meet my mates and then they started playing Don't Stop Me Now. And I thought, that's a sign. This is it. Don't Stop Me Now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. And then I never had any more winners. So, uh, but yeah, came crashing back down to earth. But, uh, <laughs> but no, nah, it's good that. It's good. But it got you up for it in the first place, which is which is the main point. Definitely, um, definitely. So yeah, no, it's a brilliant story, and obviously, I'm massively glad that you're that, that did happen at that time because, like you say, it could uh-huh. have been so different. And even just a simple lyric, it just mm-hmm. highlights 
what we were talking about just now music is being used like more and more for like music therapy like it's, it's yep. being constantly used all the time and i don't know if you've had any exposure to anything like that or but i think and i, I think i talked about this in my sort of pilot episode is that we are doing it all the time like, i yep. think it's great that like at a formal level we're using music as therapy but mm-hmm. i think people are doing it subconsciously or by accident definitely every day like when you listen to a song that you know that'll pick you up you you well you're feeling down and you need you need to pick it up and you listen to your favorite song you listen to a song mm-hmm. that'll pick you up and it, and you, you kind of mentioned that they're about it could have been a different song and it if it was something like, and father ted reference where it was radiohead mm-hmm. i find sort of a lot of those songs that are in like minor chords and 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 keys and stuff to be quite uplifting whereas other people would yep. find them really dour i've had so many times where like, i'm dead into flight and rabbit and i have been mm-hmm. for years and every time i play it in the car or whatever if my dad's in the car he's like can you put something on a bit more cheery I mean, right. this does cheer me up like uh-huh. genuinely does cheer me up but i think it's just really interesting that like someone could interpret a song in such a way that's that makes them feel completely and utterly different and it's the same right. song so even if you did have at that moment it wasn't don't stop me now maybe it was uh-huh. creep by radiohead or something and yeah it still could have had the same effect you don't like you don't know obviously we're talking hypotheticals here but i think i think that's how versatile music can be oh definitely definitely and it is like and it's there for like and it's and i'm very much like i can I try not to get too much in it. It's sort of like Marvel stuff and all that. I take it for what it is. It's entertainment. And sometimes with music, it's the same. You don't want to get too like deep in it because it's like it's like the Stone Roses. I can never grasp what like their songs are like really about. Do you know what I mean? I always think that they were maybe taking the Mickey a wee bit as well, or that, yeah. or like that is spiritual, like and it is like godlike. But then they do like Mercy Paradise, but they're from like Manchester, and like I'm not sure if that's like a Mickey take. Do you know what I mean? Or, or were they just, or were they really like big up in Liverpool? I don't know. It's just weird. And sometimes it's like you can interpret stuff differently. But even yeah. like, and you don't actually realize it. And I know like with Blur Country House, and that started, well, I believe it started as like the whole bit where like, blow me out. I am so sad. I don't know why. And it started off like a lot more like sort of downbeat song. And then they were like, before you know it, they've got the whole like bouncing like Britpop. And I think it was about the boy who was like, he might have passed away recently actually, but he was in charge of like the record label or he found them and he like made a fortune, not through them, I think, or like there'll be people who know more about the story, but he was like head of the record company and they went to live in a, a big house um, in the country. And then it was the whole thing where like, but when you listen, it's such a sad, like, blow me out, I am so sad, I don't know why. And that's just like to have that in the middle of a song, which is like, you know, in the video we're like, um, Matt Lucas and stuff like mm-hmm. that and the page three girls and like bikinis and stuff and it's like this is actually a really sad song yeah and there was another song as well that I was thinking recently um like Dignity I don't know that's quite I think that's quite a sad song as well for Deacon Blue and it's sort of like you're hoping that they're going to be like inspired by with this boat but I don't know I don't know but and there's sometimes there's songs that um it's far more like I don't know. There is like I think there's maybe like often like a, a different meaning that I definitely don't always pick up. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I did a bit of um, reading up about like the well I have been reading up about mm-hmm. for for this podcast about the links between mental health and music and um, one thing I found quite interesting uh, and it was kind of tied into the, the live music thing and um, just your experience there or how you used music to. It was a life-changing moment, right? Um, yeah. And I was looking into the effects that music has has on different types of people. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, and I, I said this at the, the start of my intro, um, that I am I'm no expert. I've just done some pretty much light reading compared to what other people have done. So yeah. um, this is all kind of taking me a pinch of salt, but I think there's interesting points in terms of people that are, that have a deep kind of grasp or relationship to pain or happiness that have for, for others. So for that are empathetic. So people that have like massive amounts of empathy for others that feel yep. sad for other people that feel happy for other people that 
that feel something for others and mm-hmm. compared to people that don't have a different so they've done studies on this and they hooked people up to their MRI machine they did tests on them which would imagine would be um showing videos of someone getting hurt or someone yeah um seeing a puppy for the first time I don't know what they do in these tests but uh, and then and, and then did the test along with the music or certain types of music and they found that people that have high empathy compared to low empathy relate mm-hmm. to music completely differently they use yep. music as almost like a social uh, interaction like an imagined mm-hmm. social interaction so they they have a such a deep relationship with music or a song or a type of music that they think it's like almost like a friend um, yep. and I think that and, and, and when, you, when you look at the causes of suicide when you've got depression and um, anxiety and all that kind of stuff or attempted suicides there's two the, the two different types of people people with high empathy there's mm-hmm. there's studies that suggest that they are more prone to having depression and anxiety because and this is an assumption if you feel strongly about what's happening to others mm-hmm. that's going to drag you down on top yep. of everything that's going on with you so then it kind of comes on top and it, it just keeps snowballing and mm-hmm. I think that, and I, I don't know, but if, if you're a highly empathetic person, because I, I think I am, um, uh-huh. I have that relationship with music, whereas I think someone that, that is not as empathetic, mm-hmm. they don't have the same kind of relationship and can't relate to music in the same way. So uh, it would be interesting if there is studies out there, um, and yeah. I imagine there is, to, to see if they would react to music the same way like you did, where uh-huh. where we don't stop me now, and if that would have happened to someone that had a different mindset to to yourself, um, yeah. so I just found it really interesting. And the point I'm trying to make is that there's so many things going on in the world that affect people's mental states, which mm-hmm. also affects how they react to the music and how yeah. how music re- affects what they're thinking and I think that kind of ties in um with the pre- prevention of of suicide and music therapy yeah. if people mm-hmm. if, if people are, are using are, 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 can relate to music in such a way when they're down and they're depressed and they're, they're anxious and the studies are out there to 100% prove and I'm, I'm confident on that one that music yeah. therapy does work it does relieve depression it does relieve mm-hmm. anxiety it does relieve uh, demotivation um, and gets people motivated at some level some kind of music would have helped you yeah. or nah. someone else in that situation and I, and I, I think that's the case and it is maybe like if you're more in tune with like others and that as well and you like sort of care for people then you're maybe thinking that you need like an outlet that you can go to um like sometimes if you're struggling in that yourself or it's just like a like a happy place so some people it's like watching telly or that or playing like games consoles but nah for music is definitely for me and you can have like different kinds of playlists that you know and is that ones where like i've got like a guilty pleasure one um and it's just like mariah carey share like meatloaf stuff like that like and it's like sometimes you just sort of like delve into it and then before you know it you're listening to like harry styles and stuff like that and it's unbelievable but you know what i mean and sometimes you need that and other times it's like right i want like the brit pop or i want like the like i want like the beatles and the stones and stuff like that um but nah it's good and it is that thing but i think it is it offers like so much you know so much of a comfort and so much of like uh like support to people and it is it's uh, and it's because in it, I've become like more and more like up for like different kinds of like genres and that the older I'm getting, and it's just like sort of random stuff. So it, and it doesn't need to be like guitar music and that as well, which I was like sort of guilty of listening to for yeah. too much. And it's good to have that bit where it could be like Belgium disco music, for instance, just to get like yeah. in a bit of that. And it's like ah, that's a bit different. And it is, um, it does like take you take you away at different times, definitely. Yeah, and I've got that as well. I've got guilty. I've not got a specific playlist for guilty pleasure, uh, but I, I do have. So I, I don't know if we should call it guilty pleasure because 
but music is music, right? And I think anybody that can make Aye. music is 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 it's their right to make music. And I think if they can make it music, is. they're musicians. So uh-huh. I don't think we should belittle people. And I mean, I, it goes to a certain extent. There is there is people out there that basically everybody makes the music, and then they have an auto voice, yeah. auto tuned voice over the top. Right? That's that's a different level. But I like quite like some of Harry Styles's songs. Um, uh-huh. Even like when One Direction, there was one. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember it making me feel pretty good uh-huh. uh, listening uh-huh. to it. I mean, it came on the radio, I'd maybe turn it up a little bit. And I, uh-huh. like, people that knew that know me, like when I was growing up and, and when I was at school, I was like, it was Oasis, Ocean Color Scene. Yeah. Like I was that guy that like, and I, I, that's the type of music I liked. And there was there was us and there was the goths that liked some 41 and all that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. you, you would never, and any, like I kind of, and I, Around about that time, I was writing to Craig David as well. So I was into Craig David and Oasis basically at the uh-huh. same time, which is, uh-huh. I remember feeling quite ashamed to like admit that. Like, I have I... to, like, it's bravado of like, no, I'm like into Britpop, I'm into, I'm into Oasis. They're a top band, they uh-huh. play guitar music and they have solos and all this kind of stuff. And you would never admit to someone that oh, I'm into Craig nah. David as well. But I don't think, like, with age and with, with a bit of wisdom, not a lot, but some. Uh, I think you can kind of accept and appreciate that it's all right to uh-huh. like other type of music. Oh no, it is that in like last year, like with Olivia Rodrigo, and there was like I just remember like heard about her, and then I listened to her song and I asked like my younger stars like, do you know about her? And she's like, oh yeah, she was in like High School Musical TV show, going out with a guy guy dumped her for someone else and stuff and there's this whole story but when you listen to like driver's license that is an unbelievably good song and the whole like and the whole like so when you get the spotify end of year like what you listen to like she was like in my top five i think and i was just like that was such a good song but the whole album reminded me like what it was like listening to like alanis morissette and like the 90s which was like i mean i, I still think that album stands the test of time mm. it was unbelievable for that time when you had like Britpop and all that and um that like Galanis Morissette Jagged Little Pill is up there that's like one of the best albums of that decade and it's like the angst and stuff and it was like it was brilliant to hear like a female voice just absolutely going for it and um that nah, was really good and it is so there is and you're, you're right I'm um, guilty pleasures is like a sort of lazy pigeon to put stuff in mm. but like the artist I don't think any artist will go out their way to make something like that they that they're not happy, well, not that they're not happy with, but nobody goes out to make like a bad record or that, or nobody goes out to make a bad film and stuff. And there'll be somebody who appreciates it more than others. Mm. But um, and I, I like that. And it, what always gets me about that is like the Beatles are like it started off as a pop band. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Folk are like, well, you can really like pop, but it's like the Beatles like were a pop band before they were like, I know they, Helter Skeller was like the first song that sort of like kicked off like heavy metal or inspired like black sabbath and stuff like mm-hmm. that and but the whole like i wouldn't hold your hand in that but they were like they were and then it was like sergeant pepper i suppose they were a pop band do you know what i mean and then like there was nothing to say that one direction couldn't have became the beatles and you say that you're going to get ripped do you know what i mean but yeah. and it is like um there's some brilliant stuff and even when you look at like i'm i'm not really like a big fan of her and i'm i'm aware of like the singles but becky hill reality tv show i don't think she did anything on it now she's like one of the biggest stacks and like brand you know what i mean and it's like but we can't like and i hate the whole like snobby attitude but it's like oh i don't know like can't really like like them because of that but if they're doing it then we need to back people anyway yeah 100 percent. and that's one of the things i want to get out of this podcast is to Mm -hmm. highlight that music any kind can help people and yep. we should never belittle people because they're into a certain type of music. I mean, at the end of the day, it's 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 brilliant to a certain extent. Um, as yeah, and it's like snobby in that as well. Yeah, a hundred percent is, and you just take it for you. Would never really think twice of belittling someone's music taste. But as mm. we've as we've discovered, and as we've we've been talking about, it it could have that music that they're in. It could have saved their life. Um, exactly. And I, I think people need to be more aware that. It's, I mean, it's the same way, anyway. I, I, I suppose football, football teams are a bit different. There's a rivalry there, and I think it's a, it's accepted to a certain extent, but I think yep. when it comes to music, a, anybody that's in any type of music, and I, again, I was I was guilty of it when I was younger, 100%, but now mm-hmm. 
with with the years under my belt and having a bit more appreciation, I I can if someone came to me and said I'm into, I don't know, uh, grunge or happy mm-hmm. hardcore or something that I wasn't into or never have been into, you go, I cool like, and and I'd be intrigued as why, what, how does that? Like, is it because you love dancing? Is it because you love yep. the aggressiveness of it? Um, mm-hmm. And just to kind of explore that, I think people just need to be a little bit more careful about how um, they, they treat people because of their music taste. Yep. Um, maybe I'm, I'm a bit exaggerating that and generalising a bit much, but yeah, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an important point. Um, I just want to come back to the used music to pick yourself up. If you know, whereas I think we've, we've mentioned a few times that people like we take it for granted we take music for granted. Mm-hmm. We just listen to it. We put it on Spotify because it's almost like a habit. We'll put a headphones yep. in and get on the bus and no one really ever thinks about it. But because you've had that experience, do you kind of go out your way when you're feeling a bit down to pick out yeah. a song? Um, it'll be more like a, like a playlist. And that that's the thing. So I suppose when, there would have been a point when I was actually struggling like mentally and it's the thing where like you're all over the place so it's like i want to read a book but there's like you're in the library there's like thousands of books where am i going to start where am i going to end i'm going to pick the wrong one i'm going to let myself down and it could even be the same with like what playlist am i going to go to what artist am i going to listen to and that's how sometimes as opposed to going to like maybe one or two or that um it would be a case of like yeah and i just having like a playlist and then sort of getting lost in that going for a walk um clearing my head and it's even funny for when lockdown started i was well into a band called sea girls i still am actually really good they were sort of like britain's answer to the, the killers again lazy comparison but at that point i was coming off antidepressants and it was like everything it, it sort of felt like it was actually coming out, coming out my, like my brain and it like i took took a while for me to come off it and i was listening to the sea girls album it came out in like the summer maybe 2020 i think it was and it's funny, listening to that album now, which it, it was probably like my favourite album of that year, but listening to the album now, it sounds totally different to what it did then. And it's like, it's a really good, like, a, like proper indie anthem banger after banger. And I've seen them, seen them live last year and they were brilliant. But it's just weird, like when I listen to it, and even at that point, that was when we were doing the lockdown walks were quite restricted. So I was just like walking along, like pretty much to the end of like the road, coming back, backwards and forwards. So if you listen to it, like in like the kitchen when you're like making tea or something, or you're like walking down East Road for the football and you listen to it, it just sounds alien. Do you know what I mean? I still hold it in a high regard, but it's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know if I notice more now than what I didn't notice before. Likewise, I was maybe like, I just maybe needed that thing at that time, and that's what I like. I latched on to Sea Girls album, which was really good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Interesting. Um, I, 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 on on this kind of subject, and it was something mm-hmm. I came across. I don't know if you had heard this story, but I, I found it really interesting that there was a guy. Um, there was a rapper called Logic. I think I've, I have heard mm-hmm. of him, but I, I didn't even know much of his music. But I think he's quite big in America. And um, interestingly, he has had battles with. Um, for, for what I was reading, he had battles with depression and um, mental health issues, and mm-hmm. he did a pretty powerful thing where he wrote a song um, and he wore a hoodie with the song's title um, to the MTV Music Awards and the song's title was a series of numbers and mm-hmm. it turned out that the numbers were the number for the suicide prevention hotline in America. Ah, that rings a bell actually. It definitely rings a bell. Aye. Yeah, so I think it was quite a big story and I think it was it was a few years ago, it was before the pandemic, um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting my dates right, but apparently the the suicide prevention hotline had a 50% uptake in calls really? after uh-huh. he, he released a song. And in the lyrics, it's all about um, like, like making... I think the lyrics were kind of something like, it starts off with, I, I don't feel like I'm here anymore. I don't feel like I, I should uh-huh. be here, blah, blah. And then it, it got into more, but you are wanted by someone. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. I don't know the lyrics, but I just from, from memory, but it kind of went from that. It was like he was relating to how people uh-huh. were feeling. And then he was giving them a bit of hope. And then just a simple thing like having that number as a yep. song title and 
putting on his, his hoodie at the MTV Music Awards, raising that awareness, had a massive uptake. And I think uh-huh. there's two parts to that, is that he used his platform as a musician yep. to, to make awareness, but he also used his gift of being creative and writing a song uh-huh. to raise awareness as well and make people feel better. And I think people were, from from what I was reading, people were saying that the, the lyrics in that song um, really helped them, even without calling mm-hmm. up. Or, I mean, they did call up, they went, listen to the lyrics in the song. Like, it, it made me feel so much better. Um, and yep. I, it made me want to call this number because I wanted to get help. Just, again, going back to and segueing into Don't Stop Me Now, I'm having such a mm-hmm. good time. It's just that, that one line could just have such a difference to, to, yep. to people. And completely. I think I, it, I, I, I'm going to use it again. Powerful. How powerful mm-hmm. is that one line in, in, a, in, a, in a musical composition to change people's moods, to change people's lives, to save their yep. lives? And I think there's so many stories out there like that. I just thought it was a really prevalent and interesting mm-hmm. story to share as as part of that whole suicide side yeah. of the conversation, uh-huh. um, and I don't know if you if you've had, like heard any similar sort of stories yourself. That... Um, not as much, but it's maybe like, and it was uh, it's maybe the fact that, as I say, it was just like probably like fortunate, and it is that song because it is like such a lively, um, energetic song. It, like as soon as you hear it you've sort of like heard it like a million times before um and there there will be like other people with stories like that to say like this is what what's what's um you know stuff that's helped them like music or that or even like a memory about being at a concert or um or like an album or that or you know something that resonates with them um but now nah, it's it was interesting and it was just it was such a weird thing and it was, just, it was just like to go for like thinking what I was going to do to not doing it mm. on the basis of like a song. Um, but nah, nah, I've got Freddie Mercury to thank and Queen. But mm. yeah, nah, and it's it's good. But it, it, uh, it's just like, and I even I suppose love like our Queen. Well, I like really appreciate them and that. They're like, they wouldn't be like my top 10 bands at all time or that. And that's that thing, as we mentioned earlier on, can you like them if you don't like Rangers and stuff like that? But um, I don't know, it's just, it's good. And it's probably, they were more like famous for like other stuff and that as well. And it is the, those bands like R.E.M. doing like Shiny Happy People. Like, I don't think they, they, they hardly ever did that live. I'm sure I heard. Do you know what I mean? They were like, nah, probably like just disowning it and that. Mm. But they, these songs can resonate with people. Maybe not even like the, the, uh, the sad songs. And I remember like, Oh, I'm just name dropping loads, but I was like listening to a thing and it was like new, um, Stephen Morrison order and he was like saying stuff like band, like people would come up to him and like they'd maybe done a show. And because I think the new order are good live, Barney Sumner though isn't maybe the, like the strongest of singers following that tradition that I don't think a lot of like British guitar acts have got like really good strong singers or mm-hmm. that. Um, like Liam and that, fair enough, but there's times when you're like that, nah, nah, this is like bad. Stone Roses for one. Exactly, exactly. And I remember like Steve Morris was like being interviewed he's like that. You could like you could do a, a gig and you're like that, you know it's been terrible. You, like everybody's had an off day. It's just not that good. And you'll have somebody coming up to you saying that's the best thing ever. Do you know what I mean? That was thanks for that. That I love that gig. And they're like, nah, that was a terrible one. And it is that thing where like different people will get different things from it. Yep. Definitely, definitely. And it's the way like you interpret, it. and that's the beauty of it. It could be like something as as obvious um as like like saying I love you or that, or it could be something completely different, and it's what you get from it. And again, one thing I always like about I always like that sort of imagery with songs and that. Do you know what I mean? But it's like up to like the um like the listener's imagination. And Mike Skinner from the street says that one of his favorite lyrics was like take that back for good and it's like your lipstick your lipstick marks the law in the coffee cup because it just implies like so much do you know what mm. i mean like how long's it been there like whose is it why has it never been washed is the well the person whose cup it is ever going to move on what happened at the you know what i mean and i mm. love stuff like that where you're like that you could think about that for like ages oh. as opposed to just saying like i love you do you know what i mean 
You could pick a song. You could like, pick apart tons of songs like that, and I think that's uh-huh. again that's the beauty of them is it, it, it is art, and then it's poetry uh-huh. to a certain extent. I mean, there's different levels, obviously, but that's why one of the things that um, I mentioned that I've been really into Freight and Rabbit and Scott Hutchison is a lyrical genius. Um, and I know he did, he did. He actually did poetry, but um, even mm-hmm. his Ill John stuff as well, like the lyrics, like it just they really resonate with me yep. and my my general mood most mm-hmm. of the time. And yeah, I think it's things like um, I think what was the Acts of Man? I just love the lyrics. I am that mm-hmm. dickhead in the kitchen giving wine to your best girl's glass. I am uh-huh. the amateur pornographer. And it it just kind of sets the scene of like a yeah. party and it's a party, like a house party that I've been to so many times before. Just uh-huh. like that's the first thing that popped in my head. He's got so obviously there's so many great Fred and Rabbit songs, there's so many great lyrics, but the way that these artists can paint pictures. Yeah. And I and I think that's kind of part of it is that you listen to a song as a lyric, but in your head you form and if you're listening to it close enough. And even yep. subconsciously, you form, it transports you to somewhere. It takes uh-huh. you somewhere and you're there. And it, it kind of, I, I am big into, into comic books. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons I've been big into comic books is because it takes me, when I read a comic book, it takes me into that world. And it takes me away from everything that I'm dealing with in this yep. world. And I think uh-huh. it does does that as well. I, I don't know if definitely. you've like, had the same experiences. No, definitely. And that's it, like with films and that, massively. And it, it and it's good and it sounds like it's so like sort of straightforward and that and it's like but nah it is and it does take it away. The thing with like frightened rabbits interesting obviously because what's happened in that and you're wondering if mm. like their songs have got like a different not a different meaning or that but have they got like a different expectancy? Do they sound different now yeah. when you listen to them as opposed to like when you first got into them? I don't know. It's one of those bands, but you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want it to, um, or people. It's like Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters when when he passed away and that, and recently, and people are always like, and you'll get like reactions where it's like he's up in heaven and that playing like drums mm-hmm. and Jimi Hendrix on guitar and Kurt Cobain and stuff like that, and you're like, it sounds bad because it sounds like what defines that person is like their death and not the fact that. Well, not the life that they lived before that. Do you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. you just sort of feel like some people are just like well latch onto stuff, and it's like oh, like oh, we need to like, but just we need to remember like what made that person what they what they were like musically or like for acting or you know for any type of art as opposed to just remembering because unfortunately they passed away. And then because you're almost then saying, well, are we going to classify like the way they passed away differently? celebrate more people than, than other people are that and it should never be the case do you know what I mean I just think it's quite a sad thing when we sort of like revel in that it's, sometimes it's true. I don't know it's true and I, I think there's so often that's happened um, when, when an artist or or a member of a band has passed away and you see these uh-huh. reports of their sales have went up by yep. X amount and it's like it's quite I don't know if it's I try to take the positive from it and, and the fact that people that maybe didn't listen to, well, let's use Foo Fighters, for example, as, as the most recent uh-huh. um, event, people that didn't listen to Foo Fighters before as much, maybe because it's getting played more, because more people are listening to it, because of the, yeah. the horrible event, it's, it's still got them into a brilliant band that play brilliant yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh-huh. to me, and even if it's, you can argue it's came from the wrong place, like that. Uh-huh. That those people that are getting into that band, they've done it for the kind of wrong reasons. I still think yeah. it's good that they have got into the band. No, it isn't. It again, it's. I suppose it's that thing where you don't need to like come across as a snob and saying that people shouldn't like. You can't like pick and choose. It's no like the like when people turn up and it's like wear like a music t-shirt mm. to work there or whatever like that. You can't like say, well, name me like. And we did actually joke about this at work, like folk could wear like Doors t-shirts. It's like, well, like name me like albums for the Doors. Like I want mm. five albums and I want like 10 songs and stuff like that. You can't be like that. Yeah. But I just think it's sometimes it's just like, and it's, sometimes it's like the social media reaction when, when people die. 
and it how oh, I feel and I've done it myself with that you'll be like RIP whatever but you like and it'll be like a bit saying oh this song meant to me or that song meant to me and this is what it is but then you could read like the person's timeline like what you could have read mine and be no mention of that artist on it and I, I'm sort of like so I, I like criticize myself for it where we should be celebrating stuff and not just wait until you know some days like dying or they're going to like all right i've got it like saved them a draft do you know what yeah. i mean and i'm just going to put r.i.p i've got r.i.p uh their music touched me um and uh yeah i hope they're up in heaven playing like with Jimi hendrix and that do you know what i mean but it's that yeah. thing where instead of saying that let's just say by the way i've listened to like such and such a song how good is it and that's one thing well i'm no longer on social media i probably will go back on it but i was very conscious of like I never wanted to criticise bands or like stuff like that. And I just felt it was like, the whole thing we were talking about earlier, you put so much into like, nobody goes out to write a bad song, no one goes out to make a bad album. And then like, my opinion doesn't really matter, but then there'll be stuff and like I've heard and I'm like, oh, I'm not really that keen on that, but I'm not going to go like online and say I'm not really keen on like that album and that. Do you know what I mean? It's I'd rather be like, well, this is what I've heard from like and this is a really good stuff and that and be positive about it and it's good when you get like that you get that connection from like you'll listen to an artist there's a guy called um backer his name is and i think he's from like london and he sort of does like it goes like so many different genres so like at one point it's like rap then it's like soul and then it's sort of like he's got a, a song called ginger pubes and it's like so it's like nirvana and it's unbelievable and I like I like I tweeted about him and that, but he's got I can't remember the name of the song, but he's like I'd rather die on my die on my feet than live on my knees, and I love that like lyric and that. Do you know what I mean? But it's like nah, this is it, and there's there, there's so many, and I don't know. So rather than like talking about negative about somebody, like mention that. Do you know what I mean? And it's not as if I'm like hoping that he would be like oh right, this random boy like likes my stuff or that, but it's just even if other people like anybody else gets in it then i don't know it makes a bit of difference this whole thing about being positive in that as well and i think that the more positive you are um about stuff like that and appreciation of music and stuff then the more positive you'll feel yourself as opposed yeah. to just like and even like positive about like the the, the radio heads and the joy division and the cure and that definitely yeah no 100 agree um one last question neil and i'm gonna Go put you it. on the Put you on the spot a little bit here, but the, an uh -huh. the answer might be really easy because of what we discussed in the past. But my plan is to ask this question to everybody I speak to on the on the podcast at, at the end, uh, and hopefully anybody that listens, they'll um, they'll take something out of it. If there was a, a a song that you could recommend just now to people, mm -hmm. or or not to people, but a, a song that for you, when you're feeling a bit down, that would be your go to song just now to pick you up what would it be um i would go with a song by um edwin star and it's either called whirlpool or get up but it's got the the, the line on it is like get up and i heard that on like uh i heard two versions of it i heard his version and i heard like a sort of cover version of it like so it was like a dance remix and the dance remix was maybe like sort of three minutes long but his one's like eight minutes long and it just takes ages to build up, build up, build up, build up. And then when it builds up, he sort of brings it back down again. And it's like, I've been lost in a whirlpool of love and I'm going down and round and down and round. It's something like that. It's brilliant. And I love the whole, like, what's good though is like disco music is like, it gets slated in that. And people think ABBA, ABBA, I think are really good. But disco music is like the most optimistic, like genre of music. Do you know what I mean? Gloria Gaynor, I will survive. How like optimistic is that? How positive is that? Mm. So Edwin Starr, it's either Whirlpool or Get Up. Definitely I that's the song that I would... I think yeah, I've just Googled it. It's Get Up, Whirlpool, of that's Love it. in brackets. Love, Love, that's it. And when you listen to it, you just imagine being like in Studio 54 and it's mm. just like at the height of like the 70s and, and the height of what that would bring and then just hearing that and it's like the bass in it is unbelievable and it's such a funky song but nah definitely there, there's times i mean i'm walking home in that i'm thinking like maybe what's the last song that i'm going to listen to um 
you know, like, um, or even at night, and I watch the last thing I'm going to listen to. That would be that one. Puts a smile on my face, and uh, but that's good. Good. Interestingly, that's from an album called Stronger Than You Think I Am. There you go. I didn't know that. I just knew it from like a playlist. Uh, Luke Una, the um, DJ, um, and it's somebody had, he's got a show on, I think it's Worldwide FM, and it's just like mad, so, like songs from all over all, jazz, funk, every type of genre, he plays it, and somebody's been good enough to put like all the songs that he played on a Spotify playlist, and it lasts for about 40 hours. And it's unbelievable. But yeah, nah, that that's uh, that's my number one pick. Edwin Starr, Get Up Whirlpool of Love from the that's Stronger it. Than You Off Think Love. I Am album. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if anybody anybody listening to this wants to give that listen, I'm going to listen to it and it might, it might yeah. have the same effect on others. So uh-huh. I think I'm, I'm sure it'll be a great choice, Neil, knowing your amazing music oh. taste and knowledge. Thank you. I'll be, um, looking, I'll be keen to find out what your one is as well. I'm not sure if you'll be saving it for another time or that, but it'll be interesting. Well, Again, like yourself, I, I, it would be different. But if I had, if my arm was twisted, um, it would probably be Cocoon by Catfish in the Bottom End. Good tune, good tune. And I could think of another hundred, but just uh-huh. recently I've been listening to that quite a bit, and it always gets me. Like if I'm in the car, that's the one that gets me slapping my hand on the steering wheel, uh-huh. tapping my 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 foot. Like every time, so that, I that really would, like them as a band. Really like them. They're one of those bands that what they do, they do well. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a daft thing you say, but they're they're really good at that sort of like anthem thing. They really, are. They're a wee bit their like, lyrics for their, their age are unbelievable. I'm blown so away. So good, with like how good the lyrics are and how mature they are. Uh-huh. Yeah, their lyrics in general just I think they're very mature and really good. I do really relate good. to a lot of the, the 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 lyrics that they come out with, and yeah, like Cocoon. I just I don't know what there's that bit. Um, it's not quite a bridge, but it's I think they change key and they uh-huh. bring in like a um, a guitar riff, like a couple of octaves up for what it normally is near the end, uh-huh. and it just like I get goosebumps every time uh-huh. that bit comes on. Like I, I just yeah, that, that that would be my one just now. But like yourself, it would change. Good. And it's like sound check and stuff like that for them is really good in that as mm. well. And they've got the they've got the acoustic song that they I think it was in the first album and Ewan McGregor was in the, the video mm. playing an acoustic song. I can't remember what it was, but it's like really slow black and white video and it's brilliant. But I remember seeing them at Transmit and they were supporting it would have been Kasabi and I think it was the first Transmit and they were at Catfish in the Bottom and a brilliant band to have at that point, like a Saturday night, just when like the sun's coming down. And that thing where like festivals, like the sounds never always the best at it. So a lot of the time, the sort of like it drifts. Do you know what I mean? Because you're in a big massive field, and like the speakers are maybe blown about or whatever. But it was just that bit where like it just sort of like sauntered over, like the their songs just sauntered over the crowd. But now big, big, massive fan of them. Really good. Yeah. They, but they like Cortinas and that. They're bands that like sort of do they do what they do really well, and they make it sound effortless. When you'll know more than anybody. It's anything but effortless. What they're able to do. Oh yeah, I like practice uh, and uh-huh. yeah, some some talent. <laughs> some uh-huh. talent has to be the band. <laughs> somewhere. I'm not saying that was me, but um, yeah, no, like they, they are they are a great band, and I haven't actually seen them live, and I've I've, I've wanted to like numerous times, uh-huh. but I've just never, for whatever reason, been able to to see them. So they're they're on my list of. Uh-huh. Of bands I want to see. And they're due a comeback. They must be due a comeback because they've been away for it. And they had like, they were quite like, I'm sure it was like album, 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 like mm. maybe about three and four years or something like that. But yeah, right, let's get them back. Yeah, let's do it. And Neil, thank you very much for coming on. That's been no, a, a thank brilliant you. That was conversation. Brilliant. Yeah, that was um, brilliant. And hopefully, if you like, at some point in the future, we'll get you back on because I'm pretty sure there's many topics relating to music and mental yeah. health that we could discuss and explore. Definitely. No, no, but no, it's been great and good luck with everything as well. Thank you very much, mate.